You're listening to Baltimoreans, the home of the all-weather fan. My name is Sam Dingman. And as always, this is Alan Smith. Let's, as we've already done, get stupid. Baltimoreans. Hey, Baltimoreans. How are y'all doing? Hope it's excellent. Hope it's excellent. We're having a uh, having a banner week over here in uh, in 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 Baltimoreans Hootenanny Studios. Are we are we having a banner week? We are because we're getting to speak with the one, the only, the uh, indubitable, indomitable Jonah <laughs> Carey, uh, he of Grantland.com. But we are indubitably speaking with him. It's true. You can't. Does indubitably mean <laughs> undeniable? Uh, Jonah Carey would know and tell us we were wrong. That's true. That's true. <laughs> little so that's peek. coming up a little bit later in uh, episode 54. <laughs> um, we are, of course, very pleased to bring you episode 54 of Baltimoreans. Um, 54 is a surprising number, Sam. I'm, I'm, I was shocked when you said it. It is the number uh, of countries in Africa. Uh, and the combined area of those countries covers approximately 11,668,599 square miles and holds an estimated population of, give or take, 1,032,532,974 persons as of the year 2009. And yet, as of 2011... The entire continent has not produced a single major league baseball player. Is that 54 re- countries, 11 million square miles, 1.03 billion people. And it is the only one of the major six continents that has never placed a native-born citizen in the major league baseball. So you're telling me, because who was that guy who we used to have from the Netherlands? Well, cricket... Basketball and clearly soccer are obviously big talent draws. How amazing is it that the entire continent has never spawned a single person who can throw a spherical object 97 miles an hour? (laughs) (laughs) Who was that Netherlandian? That's not what you say. The Dutch guy. Oh, is he from, is he Dutch? He played for the Dutch team in the World Baseball Classic. No, but you remember that guy? Anyway, according to BaseballReference.com, South Africa has been the continent's top baseball country, um, sending its national team to the 1974 Amateur World Series and the first two World Baseball Classics. The Africa Baseball and Softball Association was formed in June 1990, although South Africa was oddly not one of its first members. And South Africa has produced several minor leaguers, starting with a fellow named Nick Dempsey in 1997. And uh, Nigeria's Gabengo Oliomie made it to the minors in 2003, but no one has yet to break camp with a major league club. Hmm. Uh, of course, today is Tuesday, the 11th of June, um, which is the day that Troy was sacked. <laughs> According to our best calculations and the world, uh, the word of renowned journalist Homer, the ancient and impregnable city finally fell to a practical joke in 1184 B.C., um, at around the same time, the Cubs won their last and most recent World Series. <laughs> and today would have been, uh, the 11th of June, would have been the 103rd birthday of French biologist, author, and inventor Jacques Cousteau, who, despite achieving the Grand Cross of the National Order of Merit, Commander of the Order of Arts and Letters, and the National Geographic Society's Special Gold Medal in 1961 for Underseas Exploration, 
never managed to hit above the Mendoza line, and in fact has literally nothing at all to do with baseball. <laughs> oh, yes, he does. Much and like I, Africa. <laughs> and I'll, I'll tell you what he does have to do with baseball. What's that? Uh, the pitches that Adam Jones likes to swing at <laughs> would not Deep be in the dirt like Jacques Cousteau. at all out of place <laughs> uh, outside Jacques Cousteau's scuba mask. <laughs> They are far, far in the dirt. Um, it's uh, it's been a long time since since we since a since a city was sacked. Yeah, you know you don't get a good you don't get a good sacking like you used to. When when's the last time when's the last time a city just got cold sacked? Well, you could make an argument that that's happening in uh, Syria right now. Yeah, but but a sacking <laughs> it, there's a jauntiness to a sacking. <laughs> That is true. Is not pr- that's true. Syria. It's lost. We lost. We've we've lost the ver- the verve with which we sack things. Right, because Syria, that's just depressing. <laughs> but there's kind of a pride in going down via sack. True, I think. especially if you go down via sack via giant wooden horse. Because <laughs> I mean, so whatever else you can say about Syria, the art and, of the and practical and joke <laughs> is not in full effect. You know, uh, what, what? Who are the who are the the folks fighting the the uh, the Assad government? Um, <laughs> Syrian National Liberation Army is that what they called? Something, something along those lines. Look that up. Look, look that up. While you do that, okay, um, okay. I uh, I did a Google search for uh, Dutch baseball players, <laughs> and uh, there have been a few of them. There have been a few of them. I don't know if you remember Mister Hensley Mullins. Uh, very well. <laughs> <laughs> Had tea with the man on more than one occasion. Dutch tea. Uh, of course, uh, Bert Blylevin also. Oh. Blylevin, actually, it's a dead giveaway. Only a Dutch person would have the last name Blylevin. That's true. Now, um, as you li- list Dutch baseball players, I'd like you to know that there are currently 16.6 million Dutch people and 1.3 billion Africans. <laughs> One billion Africans. Yes. And they could not produce a Rick Vandenherk. <laughs> I think I think oh, the dear. entire continent should feel should feel shame today, uh, as they realize that uh, they were not able to, to they weren't able to uh, to drop a herc on us at least not yet, <laughs> at least not yet. <laughs> we don't know we don't know what uh, what what baseball what baseball um, development programs are stirring beneath the sands of the Sahara. All right, that's uh, probably about enough on uh, <laughs> on that topic. I just dropped my pen. It's a uh, it's a very festive evening here in Hootenanny Studios. <laughs> the Free Syrian Army, the uh, Free Syrian otherwise Army. known as the Syrian Liberation Front. Ah, okay, okay. Well, who is? Oh, I was thinking of the Alawites. Isn't it something about the Alawites? We're just digging ourselves more of a hole here. <laughs> Alawites. I was thinking of the uh, nation of the Netherlands because it's Alawite. Okay, <laughs> on to baseball. On to baseball, ladies and gentlemen. Well, Alan, I was I was looking at some some notes, uh-huh. and I was realizing that uh, we we have some loose ends. That we, we've been we've been sort of charging ahead here with our episodes, right? A lot of been going on, and not pausing to to recognize certain omissions that we have made uh, here on the program. Specifically, there are four gentlemen who have become fairly key contributors for the 2013 Orioles 
who we boldly and cavalierly neglected to award nicknames. Oh, no. And uh, I, I share you in uh, what, what I share you. Well, I share you with the world each week via <laughs> podcast. <laughs> that that's that sounds weird. That sounds like I own you or something. That got a little like a little possessive in a strange way. Yeah, I I don't want I don't want you to think I feel that way about you. <laughs> um, but uh, I share your shame at the fact that we have been ah. uh, so neglectful at coming up with nicknames for the following gentlemen: Freddie Garcia, Chris Dickerson. Steve Pierce and Kevin Gossman. Well, later in the show, yes, I happen to have a, an inkling <laughs> that a, uh, a a Freddie Garcia nickname may make a may make a uh, uh, an appearance. You say that, Alan, <laughs> like we already taped the Jonah Carey interview, <laughs> and I'm just going to drop it into the editing timeline via the magic. Of editing, a little behind the scenes action there for all you that's Baltimore just a, fans. That's just a peek behind the curtain. <laughs> it's it's theater of the mind, ladies and gentlemen. Um, is radio? Uh, well, yes. So let's begin with Freddie Garcia. All right, always a good place to begin. Yes. Um, and uh, the, uh, Jonah, as you will hear, uh, drops the nickname Sweaty Freddie. Right. Which which has gained a certain amount of prominence on the internet. It is remarkably apt. <laughs> Because he finishes his outings about 40 pounds lighter than when he started them, <laughs> I would say. And I think drenched, that would be true. Drenched in sweat. I think that would be true whether he was pitching in 50-degree uh, weather or 90-degree weather. He just uh, he, he puts a lot into every, every pitch, I would say. Um, but I, I feel like we didn't... Sweaty Freddy doesn't have the Baltimoreans' seal of originality. Right. So uh, I wanted to submit an alternative to you that is in the same spirit and see what you think of it. All right. Red Fred Redemption. <laughs> How do you feel about it? Um, I'm going to need a couple more outings before I'm willing to give him the redemption status. <laughs> well, okay, that's fair. That's fair because right now he's working kind of a uh, quality start Get your shit blown up. Quality start. Get your shit blown up. Type of uh, type of routine on us. Right by the Astros. <laughs> okay, again, <laughs> fair. I'm not doubting you, but I want to think about the concept of redemption as it relates to uh, he is slowly redeeming himself for having played for the Yankees. Ah, before all of this effort coming to Baltimore. Okay, is that okay? You, you see where I'm going with that? That's fair. Okay. Um, so Red Fred Redemption. Uh, for Chris Dickerson, and this one's going to go by quickly, so I want you to pay attention. <laughs> All right. Slickerson. Ooh. Now I nice. say that. That's nice. Have you ever heard him interviewed? No. He's a smooth-talking man. Yeah. Smooth-talking man. A lot, 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 uh, lot of actual points to be made. Yeah. Not just the sort of uh, 110% yeah. came to play. Right. Seems yeah, charming. Yep. Seems like a nice guy. Engages with the interviewer, makes eye contact with him. He's not, uh, you know, a lot of times you see these interviews with baseball players and they're sort of looking off at like <laughs> at two o'clock kind of. Right, directly over the shoulder of the person interviewing them. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Chris Dickerson seems like he's like, hey, you guys want to talk to me? I'll talk to you guys. I mean, if you're Chris Dickerson, you're still a little bit surprised that anyone wants to talk to you, right? <laughs> that's true. Hey, you guys got microphones? <laughs> oh, that's is, neat. This is great. This is great. Hey. Hey, cool. We should see if we could have him on the podcast. 
We have microphones. <laughs> we have microphones too. <laughs> he's in. He's in. Uh, but I also say Slickerson because he's doing that routine now with Adam Jones. Uh, every time Adam Jones hits a home run or Chris Dickerson hits a home run, which has happened at a surprising rate. <laughs> a surprising clip. They do that kind of gentle raise the roof dance yeah. in the dugout, which Solid. I like a lot. Solid. It's not, it's not fired up. It's just, yeah, we did that. <laughs> we did that. That's a thing that happened. Um, next up is Steve Pierce. Now, uh, our former guest, um, uh, Michael Clare, that makes it sound like I forgot his name. That's not what happened. <laughs> I didn't forget Michael Clare's name. I just was worried that saying our former guest made it sound like we had had a falling out <laughs> or he had died. As far as we know, Michael Clare still likes us. Yeah. Or, and it, it made it sound like he had like passed away or something. That's not true. He's, uh, he's still doing great over there at oldtimefamilybaseball.com. But anyway, he uh, he called Steve Pierce Stephen Wayne Pierce, Bruce Wayne's brother. Now that is much better than what I came up with. I okay. want to I want to <laughs> state that on a quick get ahead of that out, get ahead of the curve right away. Um, but I again I felt like it didn't have the Baltimoreans uh, seal of originality. All right. So uh, I went with Fierce, hmm. Pierce the Fierce. Now here's here's a funny mm. little thing that I did. Okay. Fierce is spelled F I E R C E, <laughs> but I spelled it F E A R C E because that's how Steve Pierce spells his name. Or how about P H? P O O. Oh. So it's Pierce, but just with an H instead. <laughs> I like it. I I don't know why I like it, but I like it. <laughs> well, it's still fierce. It's still fierce. It's just. Fierce with a PH. It's a fierce with a PH. Um, strong enough for a man, but PH balanced <laughs> for a fierce man. <laughs> um, all right, all right. <laughs> which kind of works because nobody knows the secret of why Steve Pierce has a major league contract. <laughs> secret being the deodorant, deodorant that bore that slogan. Anyway, the reason I thought fierce is because I've been noticing... That Steve Pierce, uh, you know, when you watch Steve Pierce play baseball, it, he gets after it. Yeah, no, he 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 uh, he's not the most athletically gifted person on the field. Yeah, uh, maybe not in the top twenty. Nope. But he he's going to give it one hundred and hundred and ten percent. He's going to pound it right out. Yep. H- have you ever noticed that when he uh, when he goes into to catch a fly ball, um, he doesn't so much like get under the fly ball and allow it to settle into his glove <laughs> as much as he does get into the vicinity and kind of jab at it a Attack little bit. Attack it. He attacks the ball. He's like, I'm going to get you. Yeah. I'm going to get you. He's fierce. Yeah. So uh, so that's what I thought of for Steve Pierce. And then finally for Kevin Gossman, um, we talked about donuts. And donuts is is obviously great because of his proclivity for same. But the donuts haven't really been the story with Kevin Gossman. Right. So far this year, the the inability to pitch effectively <laughs> has has been more the dominant narrative. More than the narrative that it, that has been getting a lot of play. So, and yet there is this this very great potential with yes. Kevin Gossman. This 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 very high ceiling. Ninety seven mile per hour heater. Indeed. So, I came up with seven steps to Kevin. <laughs> Step one: slider. <laughs> Step one, slider. <laughs> Steps two through seven are on hold until you finish step one. 
Yeah, yeah, that one outing against Detroit where he looked like a, like a major league baseball player, and then yeah, he looks like a double A player playing yeah. in the majors. Yep. Apparently, we're running him out there against the Red Sox on Friday. Great. So great trial by fire, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> Get her done. Keep those feet to them flames. I don't. I don't. Don't we have like a bunch of other you know quadruple A people who can nope. be getting turns? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Well, that's not true. That is true. We don't have any quad A, a pitchers. We do have, if it's possible to imagine, some five A players. <laughs> <laughs> Which I mean, I, what do I mean by that? I mean, we we no five A would be major. Hold on, yep. I can do this. We Double have a? some some certifiable triple A talent. Yes, who we can promote to the major leagues and have them get rocked. Right. But didn't did, you know? Don't we have Yurdens kicking around down there and? Don't we have some... I mean, we got him. <laughs> I mean, he's there. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm not Just I'm not going to sit here and tell you he's not physically present okay. at okay. Norfolk. Uh, another guy we got down there by the name of uh, of uh, John Roush. That's true. Yeah. Why don't we, maybe we give him a start? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> this is so, what I'm saying. So we're saying we're going to keep running Gaussman out there until Chen comes back? I, I think that seems that does seem to be the plan. Mm. Um, it's a nice long cup of coffee there. Yeah, yeah, nice long cup of coffee. Uh, he's got nice long arms. Um, <laughs> so that that was intended to be more connected than it was. Um, it seems like the plan is to let him fail until he succeeds. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And and they, you know, as we said on this show last week, um, he's willing to throw his pitches over the plate. Yep, God bless. <laughs> and that is not... They're getting hammered. They're, they are getting hit very hard. I am a little bit worried that he will learn not to throw pitches over the plate because they're getting hit very hard. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see um, because is that a garbage truck seems to have arrived. <laughs> yeah, just just <laughs> hanging out. As we said, festive evening in Brooklyn. <laughs> Lots going on. Yeah, we're having a garbage festival. Um, <laughs> you're listening to the garbage festival, actually. <laughs> so uh, I, I did not think to uh, add a bunch of nicknames myself um, oh, okay because you we the, the segment was uh, uh I, I i don't have a good list for you but okay there's been two names on that list that i've sort of been thinking in my head yeah um and i have sort of nicknamed chris dickerson in a similar venue mm-hmm. to uh slickerson mm-hmm. i've just been thinking of him as smooth ah smooth chris yeah and he does seem to have a sort of a, a grace he does around he really does. Uh, that that. Uh, how old is he? <laughs> <laughs> I like that you said that like like he's solved the riddle of aging or something. I think he's. Uh, I believe he's thirty-one. Oh, maybe. Okay. Um, the, so where did this come from? <laughs> well, he's one of those guys who was. Uh, he was a. He was a top prospect. Huh. And never uh, because of injuries and stuff, never really had a chance to put it together. So he's a he's a Dan Duquette special. He, he's a, he's a DD special. <laughs> All right. So my other nickname um, for for the uh, the Michael Claire favorite mm-hmm. Steve Pierce mm-hmm. um, is trash can. Did because you say that because there's a garbage truck outside? No, no, no. Because his physique has always sort of reminded me of a trash can. <laughs> he looks sort of blocky. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like a like a and sort of and sort of like barrel chested. He's kind of round. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. There's not a lot of 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 just kind of short little arms. Yeah. <laughs> he's got an Oscar the Grouchian demeanor sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, uh, that's my only other addition to your to your otherwise excellent list. Okay. 
Well, uh, I would say let, let's put a pin in that uh, top shelf analysis that we have provided um, <laughs> and jump right over to somebody who actually knows what they're talking about. As we mentioned earlier, we were very, very excited to be joined on the show this week by Mr. Jonah Carey. Let's jump over to that conversation right now. So for the past couple of months, Sam and I have been terrified to even mention the crazy run that Chris Davis has been on for fear that invoking its name would bring about an unholy regression to the mean. However, a new article about his beautiful, beautiful sweet stroke suggests that this version of Crush is actually the one that's here to stay. The author is, of course, uh, Jonah Carey, a staff writer for Grantland and the author of the New York Times bestseller The Extra 2%, How Wall Street Strategies Took a Major League Baseball Team from Worst to First. Baltimoreans is thrilled to welcome Jonah Carey to the program. How are you this evening, sir? Uh, good. I've been on some shows with morons, but never a show that actually claimed you know it's in the title. <laughs> embraced, embraced enthusiastically. We like to think. Oh, of... I do. You know, I do the same. Listen, we cannot treat ourselves seriously in this business. And this does not work. <laughs> we like to think that we uh, we kind of counter the moronicness of our content by the pretentiousness of using a portmanteau as our uh, <laughs> as our title. <laughs> Well, you're obviously not that pretentious because it's actually portmanteau, not portmanteau. So back to the drawing board for you guys. Don't. Oh, man. Already in the hole. All don't, right. Don't get into it with a guy who's fluent in French. You're going to lose. <laughs> That's true. I should have learned that the last time that happened. <laughs> so, uh, a frequent occurrence on the Baltimoreans podcast. Yes. Yes. Uh, we have a longstanding war with the French. <laughs> mm. Um, so our, our first question, Jonah, I have to say is, uh, since the publication of your piece on Chris Davis's breakout performance, he has gone 0 for 15 with six strikeouts. Are you at all concerned that you have created a curse of the carry? Well, it happens all the time, but that doesn't necessarily mean there's any validity to it. I mean, it's the same as the SI curse, only whatever microscopic fraction of, of FI's influence, that's how much I have. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's regression to the mean. When you notice, when something happens and it's, it's extreme and it's on the edges, then somebody's going to write about it or say something about it, and then inevitably it's going to regress back to the mean. That's how it goes. And Chris Davis at the time of the article was hitting, I don't know, 9 million with his 7 trillion OPS <laughs> or whatever it was. No, and, I, I think, that, uh, I think that those were the exact numbers. Regression. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, I, I've never been known for hyperbole. That's something. You, in fact, no, actually, I'll go the other way. I'm the greatest hyperbolist of all time. <laughs> so, the, the Orioles were playing the Rays too, and I think there was a little bit of that. So, you know, they're okay to run prevention. I got a pretty good staff, and, and whatever. Yeah, you got a bad weekend. Uh, I saw him dump one little blooper in there, so I mean, maybe he's got his luck back. I don't know what he did the rest of the night. I believe there's a rain delay going on. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, you're, he, you know, you're he's saying, fine, and it's exciting. You're oh, saying you're saying we can't blame you then. I don't think you should blame me. I mean, you know, I'm trying to call attention to this guy who was nice enough to talk to me. God knows why, but he had Tim and, and Presley and Buck and, and Ducat and all these guys, and they shared their thoughts, and it seems like an interesting story. I do think there is a, something there beyond just a hot start. It seems like he changed his approach a little bit, and, uh, you know, it's paying off for him. Good for this guy. He's a mile account, a hard worker, and seem to like him and he's doing great that's good, good so, for him. so about that about his approach and about the like newfound uh, ability that you wrote about in the article you mentioned that mm -hmm. um you know chris was one jim presley session or one jim presley summer away from unlocking some potential that was otherwise locked um 
Does that mean that we're going to see other f- clubs trying to unlock the same Latin potential in like other three true outcomes guys? Your your Mark Trumbos, your Adam Duns, your Mark Reynolds, or is this like do we do we all expect that Chris is a is is a one one off in this sort of way? I mean, it's a good question. He he's a little young. He's really younger than Don. I think Reynolds might be twenty eight, twenty nine. David's twenty seven. Um, and of course, it doesn't always work. And I'm not. I don't. I don't think it was one drill. And uh, you know, I, I think that there was a lot going on. First of all, and this is something that Showalter cited. He say he claimed that Chris Davis was always going to break out. Which good for you, Buck. I guess you were <laughs> the rest of us. But you know, the In guy Buck had we trust. OPS. Yeah, I mean, he's a smart guy. No question. The guy had almost a thousand OPS in the minor league, and he played in some hitters league. That's for sure. California league, Texas league, Pacific Coast league. But I think that counts for something. And then he started off his career quite well. He just kind of went into a funk for the next two or three seasons. And uh, you know, one thing that happened in Baltimore was the Orioles were terrible at the time that they acquired him. They gave the guy <laughs> Testify. Time. And I don't presume that. I don't think that's the only reason. Just as I don't think the only reason is uh, getting in the cage with Presley, and just as I don't think the only reason is somebody said that well, he got married, he's at a good place in his life. <laughs> it could be any number of things. Yeah. So, I mean, I, you know, I'm not even. I'm not even necessarily making light of that. Frank Thomas. I mean, this you know, one off. Uh, statement, but Frank Thomas had by far the worst year of his career when he got divorced. I don't presume that these guys are human beings. And sure, I yeah. think it's possible that that could have played a part. But yeah, with Davis, I think it's a little bit of everything. I don't think you can necessarily archetype him and just say the Petrus comes guy, and that's what happened. I think it's just a young, talented player who happens to put it together. So, so actually, kind of going off that, then uh, you know, because you mentioned uh, in the article that this is the kind of potential that people had talked about for a long time, and and as Buck says, players seek their level eventually. So, I guess I'm wondering, based on these offensive strides that he's made, if you were Dan Duquette, would you be looking to lock him up to a long-term contract extension, or do you want to wait and see how the rest of the season plays out before before you start that conversation? Yeah, I don't think Chris Davis is going to play any better than he has. Kind of, it'd be a little nuts to go to him and say, hey, Chris Davis, you're completely out of your mind. Here's a trillion dollars. Right? <laughs> not a good idea. And, and uh, your, your owner over there is the cheapest SOB on God's green earth, by the way. He's banking nine digits a year from Madison and absolutely refused to spend money. And I interviewed the cat. Actually, it's the second offseason in a row I've interviewed him. I have a decent relationship with him, and he's, he's a, you know, I have a long-time Expos guy going back and so whatever, so I've just known of his work and we have a good relationship. But I asked him about, um, you know, his thoughts on the team, and he said, he didn't, you know, I caught into it. I flat out said, hey, what about having no budget? He said, no, we didn't think that we needed to make any moves, which I thought was a little crazy. I mean, the Orioles had a great year last year, but I still don't think their starting pitching is good enough. Sweaty Freddy, listen, everybody loves Sweaty Freddy, but I don't know if he's the answer. <laughs> Obviously, Gosman's not the answer. Yeah. They've got issues. And so, you know, you're talking about an extension. Well, I mean, is, is Angelus willing to spend, I don't know, $70 million or maybe more, whatever it's going to cost to get Davis? I, this is an interesting question. You know, on a performance level, should they resign it? Maybe. I would revisit at the end of the year and see where he's at. My guess is he's going to have not a good season, but it'll definitely tail off in the air. Uh, but you're going to have to wait and see. And, and yeah. we'll, we'll see what happens at that point. He is young enough that if you gave him, you know, if you bought out maybe the first couple years of his free agency and signed him through 32 or whatever, that could be an amicable spot, a four- or five-year deal at, you know, 15 per. That, that could be something that might work for each side. And Davis, you know, even if he has 30 home runs with kind of a, an MPH OPP, that's not terrible, honestly, in this market for that kind of money, I have to be honest. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. 
we we've been hoping uh, against hope that the combination of um Showalter and and the sort of trust that Angelos seems to have in him means that they're going to start loosening at least slowly loosening those purse strings. Um, I, we haven't actually seen that happen yet, but that's <laughs> that is the that is the hope that we've had. But you you mentioned um you mentioned uh, uh the <clears throat> uh, I'm going to call it a starting rotation that we currently have. It's being a little <laughs> bit generous. Yes. Um, yes. But Sam and I sort of suffer under this collective delusion that we are one good ace away from being a perennial contender. I would I would use the word dynasty. I think I think we've we've made that claim on the show that we're an ace from a dynasty. What do you think? Uh, you know, uh, uh, if you're referring to the show of the 80s and definitely I think that if Joe Collins becomes your ace, you're going to be that's topical humor, folks. <laughs> that show came on there. Um, yeah, and it's, obviously getting another more starter would be great. Easier said than done. Where do you get a guy like that? Now, to me, the best hope for that is Gosman and Bundy. Gosman's what, 20? I mean, yeah. you know, expecting him to excel right away, just as it was with Bundy, is kind of unrealistic. Someone like Jose Fernandez is really the exception where he'd come up at that age and pitch that well. I just think that it takes time. And, you know, as much as position players rarely become Harper or Trout right off the bat, but pitchers it's even rarer. So they could have one or even two of those guys on their hands. The question is, what do they do now? And, and I honestly... The, the asking price to get an ace right now, you know, in the thick of the pennant race and to really upgrade right now, it might be tough. But they can get a number two or number three starter and still help their team. They're about, there's at least two guys in that rotation that I don't want in that, ro- that rotation right now. Just get somebody to bump them out. You know, some. Uh, yeah. Even what, even a two or three example. guy. Ryan, whatever Ryan Vogelfong was last year. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, yeah. Somebody who can carry innings and, and be fine and give that team a chance. This is a good defensive team, too, by the way. I mean, Machado is right. really immersed, obviously, and they've got some other guys. So you don't need to be somebody who just is an absolute strikeout machine or anything. It just needs to be somebody pretty good. And, and I do hope that whatever the money situation is, they go out and get somebody else. And they have prospects, as you guys know, that are not Cosman and Bundy that would be good enough to set the number three starter at the deadline. So I think it's possible we could see Duquette do something like that. And the Orioles absolutely are contenders this year, no question about it. Yeah. I mean, our, our big wonder is uh, after mysteriously not re-signing Joe Saunders in the offseason, do they get him again at midseason? <laughs> <laughs> Continuing to acquire Joe Saunders. Joe Saunders. Come no. <laughs> Even I'm having trouble with that joke just because he's throw, but I think he split this year. The last I checked, I believe his ERA was minus 200 at, at Safeco and swear word on the road. I mean, oh, boy. Wasn't even ex- you couldn't even express it in integers. That's how bad his ERA is on the road. So uh, you don't want that. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, so so the last question we have is, uh, is a little bit sensitive, and, it, and it's something that we um, – we, I guess, are a little bit scared of, uh, which is you cite the fact in the article that that Chris Davis is hammering these home runs an average of 410 feet per to say nothing of the broken bat home run he hit last year. That's kind of absurdly strong. And uh, it, it takes six months off of Alan's life every time I mention this. But <laughs> I guess we're wondering, are, are you hearing anything from your sources that suggests that we should be nervous about his name being on the biogenesis roles is it something that is being discussed or do we think this is this is uh just uh us being um self-flagellating about success as we've learned so well to do in baltimore and and basically what sam is asking is can i sleep tonight <laughs> I, I had a momentary brainwave you said machado right <laughs> oh god oh god no. how dare you sir how dare you um you know, there's no reason to, I have not heard anything like that. Now, I'm not tied in the way that Buster Olney or Jason Stark, or in this case, maybe someone like T.J. Quinn is. I mean, those guys are 
on it and reporting it. And there have been reports that, oh, you know, we're waiting and there's going to be other people that are candidates or whatever. But, I mean, as far as power goes, Kustinus has always had power. I mean, he's been a 25 home run guy. It's not, with you know, outside the realm of possibility that he could have a breakout season with power. So, yeah. statistically, I don't, I don't think that's enough to just say, oh, yeah, he's a juicer. I mean, if he was, you know, Juan Pierre before and then he was doing this, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But uh, he's always been a big, strong guy, and he's always been a power hitter, and, and uh, you know, th- that's about that. So I, I wouldn't necessarily worry about that. I'm sorry about the Manny Machado there. <laughs> um, but, uh, no, I, listen, I'm, and I'm not a – I don't presume things. You know, I, I want to see the smoking gun here. I want whatever right. it is with A-Rod or Braun or whoever, I, I want to see some evidence, and I want to see Major League Baseball do it as much by the book as possible. I'm not a steroid apologist, but I also believe in – uh, due process and all that stuff, and, and I don't really like casting aspersions on people. If, if Chris Davis is hitting home runs, good for Chris Davis. I never assume the negative unless the uh, evidence just overwhelms me to assume that. Right now, I assume that Chris Davis is a very, very good ball player having a breakout season and bubbles up for him. That's, uh, that's good <laughs> enough for us. Yeah, <laughs> that's lovely. good enough for us. Well, Jonah, thank you so much for taking the time to join us on Baltimore on tonight. Everybody, get over to Grantland. Check out Jonah Carey's articles and uh, check out his book, which is available uh, on Amazon, I assume, and in all the, all the typical locations. Uh, yeah, you can get it uh, under mattress probably. And, uh, you know, I think if there's some hobos, they might have some copies available. <laughs> Do, do all that stuff. It's very popular with the hobos. We, Excellent. We Excellent. do have uh, we do have our share of hobos in in Baltimore. So uh. <laughs> I lived in D.C. for two years. I'm well aware of Baltimore's hobos. Some of my favorite hobos in the nation. Excellent. A high hobo quality. We got that going for us. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks a lot, Jonah, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Hopefully. Thanks, Jen. Baltimore, the home of the all-weather fan. This is Alan Smith. And this is Sam Dingman. Now, ladies and gentlemen, as you are hopefully aware, you can get in touch with us to discuss any and all topics, baseball-related or otherwise, uh, by going to our website, baltimoreonspodcast.com, and clicking on the link that says Contact. But, as some of you clever Dans have also figured out... (laughs) because we used to tell you about it all the time, and then stopped. We also have a Facebook page. Yeah. <laughs> Facebook.com slash Baltimoreans. And uh, one of our listeners, a very humorous gentleman named Jimmy Bigwood. Now, usually, by the way, I would not reveal a listener's last name, because I feel like we should protect people's privacy. But I have a hunch that Jimmy Bigwood's real name is not Jimmy Bigwood. Why is that? You know, actually, as I say that, maybe it is Jimmy. Maybe that is his name. I just thought it was perhaps a a, a tongue in cheek reference. Baseball reference to. Oh, see, that's less. Um, <laughs> oh, you were you were going for the more uh, scatological reference there. <laughs> I, I thought. Well, <laughs> wait, scat, what does scatological mean? Uh, well, it's specifically around excrement, but it can also be expanded oh. to all things um, taboo. I thought he was talking about his ding-ding. Yeah, Basically indeed. is what I'm trying uh, to say. Mr. Bigwood, we apologize. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very uh, 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 respectable name, and I'm sure it goes back to the three ships. <laughs> back to the three ships. Well, Jimmy's never going to write again, so <laughs> we might as well read the very nice message that he left us <laughs> in response to episode 53 
Um, now, it, the, the Jimmy Bigwood Memorial Listener episode. Man, we killed off a lot of <laughs> a lot of theoretical Baltimoreans faithful on this on Ooh. this episode. Uh, now, as as alert listeners will remember, uh, last week uh, Alan made reference to one of his favorite old time baseball players, Mister mm. Two Boots Lelouch, <laughs> um, who isn't real but might as well be. Um, <laughs> And uh, so, so Jimmy, uh, Jimmy responds thusly, shame, shame on old two boots for not lending shoeless Joe one of his shoes. Maybe he eventually got a pair of boots from his White Sox teammate, Eddie Collins, though. You know, Bootsy Collins. <laughs> but in all seriousness, 53 or 1953, as it were was also the year that the American League owners approved the transfer of Bill Veck's St. Louis Browns franchise to the wonderful city of Baltimore, allowing his lovable band of morons to effectively transition into their current role as... Wait for it. Baltimoreans. <laughs> Boom! Full circle. I have no argument with any of that. It's not, it is not. It is as impeccably logic as it is historically relevant. <laughs> Yes. Now, uh, I, Alan, I don't know how much... Uh, thank you very much, Jimmy, for the comment. Uh, and apologies once again for the <laughs> derogatory remarks about your uh, Christian surname. name. <laughs> Is it... Uh, surname. Oh, Christian surname. Name. God damn it. <laughs> Jimmy yeah. seems like a very reasonable Christian name. That's true. That's true. Although, Jimmy... Do you ever listen to De La Soul? I do. De La Soul refers... Wait, time out. Yeah. Are we about to besmirch both this man's first and last name? <laughs> And if we, so, can we put a hiatus on the first name? We are heading in that direction. <laughs> Abort! <laughs> Abort! Abort! Okay. All right. Let the record reflect that De La Soul refers to their ding-dings as jimmies <laughs> on the album Three Feet High and Rising. Okay. Because they call condoms jimmy hats. <laughs> jimmy, I'm so sorry. Jesus. You know, <laughs> deserve any of, of the derision for which you've come uh, in on this episode. Now, I think at this point it's worth mentioning that we also accept hate mail uh, at <laughs> com, And you can also, of course, sponsor a tweet uh, if you would like to sponsor any message read by either Sam or myself. Uh, please go to the aforementioned baltimoreanspodcast.com and uh, you can give us any 140 characters which Sam or I to your choice, we'll read off over the air. Jimmy, if you would like a rebuttal, this is an excellent way to make us say embarrassing things about ourselves. We, we might want to give Jimmy a freebie. <laughs> Although we just did. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, Alan, uh, the com- Jimmy's comment about Bill Veck right. g- got me to, uh, got me to, uh, to researching, which is always dangerous. <laughs> um, and uh, how much do you know about Bill Veck? Literally nothing. Okay. I think you in particular would be very interested in Bill Vec. Uh-huh. Because Bill Vec uh, was a very colorful Major League Baseball owner. Ah. Um, who uh, did a lot of very ridiculous things during his during his tenure. And <laughs> you being someone who is, takes a lot of interest in... Um, I am a connoisseur of ridiculous baseball owners. Yes. I think, uh, I think you'd be very interested in some of his antics. Among them... Um, he, uh, he, when he became the owner of the St. Louis Browns, he decided yes. that, uh, if he was going to be successful, he needed to run the St. Louis Cardinals out of town. <laughs> he needed to get rid of the competition. So that he seemed to have gone well. Yes. Yes. Uh, so he came up with a number of promotions. Uh, one of them being, uh, that he, um, 
at one point called for a pinch hitter who was a little person by the name of Eddie Geidel. Oh, yeah. Who he gave the uniform number one-eighth. And the guy had an impossibly small strike zone, right? He did, and uh, he walked on four pitches, (laughs) sauntered down to first base, and was pulled for a pinch runner. Yes. (laughs) Uh, That's fantastic. Now, shockingly, yeah. this did not successfully run the storied St. Louis Cardinals baseball <laughs> franchise out of town. I am shocked. <laughs> so, uh, Bill Veck, uh, by the way, if you're thinking to yourself, this Bill Veck, well, this is what you're probably thinking to yourself. I've learned yet another interesting baseball fact by listening <laughs> to the Baltimoreans <laughs> podcast. I should go to baltimoreanspodcast.com, click on sponsor a segment, and donate them some money. Thank you for doing so. <laughs> You should listen to yourself more often. <laughs> but you also, excellent taste. You you really do. You really really do. Um, but also, if you're wanting to Google Bill Veck, yes, uh, it may interest you to know that his name is his last name is spelled V E E C K. Oh, so you might look at it and think Veek, right? Uh, but the way you know it's Veck, Dutch. I oh. <laughs> <laughs> I do not know. Um, but. Uh, the way you know it's pronounced Vec is because his autobiography is called Vec, as in wreck. <laughs> that, that's literally the title. That's not, uh, that's not a bad Sam Dingman creative, joke. Creative. Yeah. Creative. It really is. Yeah. It really is. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, uh, we'd love to favor you with another question of the week. And this week, uh, we are going to take a, uh, a, a one-third poll. We're a little bit more than one-third of the way through the season so far. The Baltimore Orioles are in the very heat of the of a, what seems to be a surprisingly exciting American League East. Um, and remember when at the beginning of the year we were all saying that no team was going to win 90 games? Yeah, that was... It sounds like we're going to get three teams winning in 90 games at this, at this pace, if not four. It is heading in that direction. <laughs> um, but uh, where one-third of the way through, where do you put um, the most valuable player? Uh, of the Baltimore Orioles, and 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 what and to why why do you give that person the credit that they they are receiving? If you say anyone besides Chris Davis, um, I, well, we're gonna have some some questions. <laughs> we're gonna have some inquiries for you. I I actually would not put it at Chris Davis. Who would you put? I would put it as um, Manny. You'd put uh, really? I would put Manny as the most valuable player so far. Well. The wins against replacement statistic would agree with you, sir. Yeah, and indeed, and I think it is a combination of his uh, his his defensive talent, his emergence as a devastating number two hole hitter, doing everything you would possibly want of someone in the two slot, and his uh, general. Uh, I, I give him credit for the Orioles going from this time last year from the second, I believe, second worst fielding percentage team in baseball to the best and i think that that's more than just the occasional great play that he pulls off at third i think it's a calming influence on the entire infield (laughs) and everyone just assumes plays are going to be made now and of course then they are your logic is almost as sound as jimmy bigwoods (laughs) we invite you ladies and gentlemen to share your own logic with us baltimoreonspodcast.com click on contact and get in touch with us we have been very very happy to share yet another episode with you 
Want to let you know, as always, 909 Rib Wars. Yes. In case you want to give us a jingle jangle. Give us a jingle. I want to let you know, as always, that the music on the show is, of course, our theme song by Marshall York. The interstitial music is the song Birdland by the band Weather Report. (laughs) How do I get that? How do I, like, stumble over that every week? It's always the same song. That's that's the point of it. It's the same song. And I, every week I'm like, what's that, what's that song? I again? just had to. Um, and behind us now, now, now I forget the name of this. Kicking My Heart Around by the Black Crows. And my name is Sam Dingman. And my name is Alan Smith. Mm, this episode has mercifully concluded. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>